Welcome back to Nausea Street. With me, I have a very special guest for my season finale. We have the great rapper Uncle Adams with us. How have you been, man? I'm doing really good, actually. Yeah, I'm doing really good. I'm happy with my life. So Good stuff. For those who aren't familiar with you, how would you introduce Uncle Adams? Oh, I'm a Canadian rapper that speaks the truth about the music industry oh yes and i make music how i want to make it i don't i don't necessarily try to fit in the mold of hip-hop and i think that that attracts a certain kind of curious and intelligent fan base uh-huh i see that's a that's one way to put it so um your last release, well, one of your last releases, I'm going to start off with um, just Who the Man Now, which is um, right. one of you, one of the two last singles that you dropped, which is a very different song compared to your previous releases. Uh, you can you called it Hyper Hip Hop. Am I, am I wrong on that one? No, nope, that's correct. That's what I called it. Yeah. All right. So this is a pretty different track with a lot of, uh, I guess, hyper pop influences and the way you're rapping sounds also pretty different. And who was your who was your main influence for this? Are there any other rappers that are in the same sound, similar sound as this? You know, are you, any hyper pop artists you were influenced by? Maybe. Uh no, I've never actually heard a hyper hip hop song. Okay, I've heard hyper pop songs. Yeah, and I thought it was a cool genre. And the story behind "Who the Man Now" actually is kind of interesting because I wrote that song to a totally different instrumental a more traditional hip-hop instrumental oh wow and i was getting ready to record it and i reached out to the producer and he was just gone he disappeared i still don't know to this day where <laughs> that producer is i hope he's okay honest to god wow. so after like two months of trying to get a hold of this guy i was like you know what i gotta find a different beat so i was scrolling through beats one day and i came across that hyper pop beat and i was like hmm I wonder if I could like mold my lyrics to this and kind of do like a hyper pop hip hop crossover song. And I just pressed record and I fiddled with the mixing myself. I mixed and mastered it myself. And that was the result. So it's kind of cool that it was kind of born out of the fact that I couldn't get a hold of that other producer, which I think is a really unique way of that song coming about. I see. So would you, uh, what is it? So you put a new beat onto the pre-recorded verse you had is that so no 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 oh. i had the song written but i had not tracked it ah okay i see all right so that song kind of had a that this new beat sort of had a similar tempo and i was able to fit it on there like like it was written for that beat all right so um i'm sure you've had some of these artists um you know uh recommended to you before but have you ever listened to the the people over at drain gang like like blade or echo 2k that does they do kind of similar digital hyper hip hop type stuff. Uh, you must have come across them on like a live stream or something where like a listener was just in my last live stream, actually. Oh, so wow. long after I released the song, somebody, I don't know if you were there in my last live stream, but somebody recommended Blade. Okay. And I checked it out and I actually saved it as one of my like songs on Spotify. Oh, sick. Yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah. I, I met him a few months ago. He's great. Oh, cool. Yeah. So after Who the Man Now, you released Current Events, which is something in the complete different genre, which is a uh, uh, rap rock. Uh, you mentioned mm -hmm. that you were a punk back in the day on Twitter. 
I remember you tweeting that out. So how did mm-hmm. current events come about? It seems like something that just came off the cuff, huh? Not really. Actually, man, I wrote that song in 2020. People don't realize really? that. That song okay. is two years old and it's been sitting on my hard drive. Wow. What, what um, made you drop it? I was just like, you know, as an artist, I don't know if you're like this too, but sometimes it's like, ah, I made a song. Ah, I don't want to release it. Ah, and you kind of have like a tug of war back and yeah, forth. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes we never release songs. And I was just on my desktop one day and I was like, I, I played it and I was like, this is good. I think this is good. Why didn't I release this? I'm going to release this. So uh-huh. then I did. I just kind of overcame that struggle that we all go through as artists. It, yeah, it, for sure. It's not that I fear. It's not that I fear on that that other people are going to criticize my music because they always do that anyway. It's that I didn't. I wasn't feeling it enough to release it until just recently. I don't know. Okay. Does that make sense? And then it like it passed my test when I heard it, and I was like, <laughs> okay, now I'm going to put this out. It, it's yeah. weird, man. Artists are weird. It sounds like you're having the time of your life on that song man it's really exciting and fun to listen to you know thanks man yeah it's a little bit edgy i kind of say some controversial stuff but yeah i was during it was during lockdown during covid and i was just feeling like that maybe i was inside too long or something i was getting kind of edgy and i put it all into a track (laughs) and just let it out (laughs) i see back in the day were you ever like into like hardcore or stuff like that uh not really hardcore but like we used to listen to no effects biscuit People in my school used to wear like misfit shirts and stuff like I don't know if you know these bands. These are yeah, from yeah. like generation or two before you. But I've said on my social media and stuff that even though I'm a hip hop guy, I've always been friends with punks. And I can't, I was a punk. I had red hair, I had a chain, like a, a not, not like a hip hop wow. chain, but like a punk okay. chain. There's a picture of me, right? With the limp biscuit hoodie. Is there a so picture before- of you with red hair? I've never seen that. Wow. Yeah, it's actually on my Twitter. If you scroll scroll through, you'll find it. I'm oh, super wow. young, and Good I was stuff. I knew I liked music, and I knew I liked music that was kind of like f the system. And uh, I still like punk music. I still like punks, but yeah, I sort punk of has a lot in common in with hip hop. Yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So one comment that I saw on the current events music video uh, that you've I've I've seen this comment a few times on like your other uh, recent songs uh people are saying "Ooh, dark unk is back to whenever you kind of get into a more hardcore <laughs> flow they always go into "Ooh, dark unk is back see um i want to know if like a we kind of hear like your battle rap experience on current events maybe like the way that you're flowing it sounds a bit more aggressive compared to like what you've been releasing the past two years or so um is there more aggression coming up um in your future music or dark unk whatever uh, the way i would summarize that man like for your audience people who don't know me back when i started rapping i grew up in a very toxic battle rap scene so i was always aggressive and negative and vulgar and it got to the point where honestly i didn't even want to rap anymore because it was always insulting people and people insulting me and fights at the bars so i took a step back from rap and then i came back like i i switched my life to the positive Um, I got away from negative people and I came back and I started making really positive music. I actually went to school speaking to kids and stuff. Um, So, and then, you know, I started thinking, well, maybe that's too much on that side. So now I kind of do a mixture of things. I'm not a negative person, but sometimes you can be aggressive in your songs. Sometimes you can show a bit of anger towards certain subjects. Definitely. And, you know, Dark Unk is a nickname that 
the fans made. I didn't make that up, but I like it. Yeah. Or when I get like that, when I get kind of edgy and when I get kind of aggressive. So I like to mix it up, you know, and I'm a human being. I get sad. I get happy. I get angry. And all artists are like that. And I think that reflects in the music. Yeah. So like I mentioned, you released two completely different songs in the span of, well, a month and some change. Do you do you consider your music slightly avant-garde or is it more for the people, so to speak? I would say that my music is for the people. I've always okay. thought that. Like I, I, you know, I have been off and on a heavy equipment operator. So I know what it's like to go to work with a lunch pail and try to earn wages and be a normal person and pay your taxes. And it's hard to get ahead in the world. And like, I'm just not one of those rappers who raps about all the materialistic things although i do think it is good to pursue money and stuff in the world don't get me wrong but yeah. i do think that i'm relatable in the sense that i'm just like a regular guy that's really taking a run at making music and, and making a statement on the internet yeah i totally sense that from uh most of your songs honestly and yeah i wanted to ask you that because it seems like recently with your recent singles um now that I know current events is an older track, it's it's a bit more, uh, I got more of a different view, but maybe I was thinking you were experimenting with a lot of different sounds lately. And you also, like, you were also teasing, like, hey, what genre should I try next on, like, live streams and stuff? Yeah, I like that, man. I like that. I, I yeah. don't want to be one of these rappers who raps for 20 years and they use the same flow on every single beat and it's the same and i was guilty of that in the past you, you kind of find a formula and you do it over and over again but it gets boring and times have changed man like i've been rapping since the 2000s and it's 2022 now so yeah. i'm like okay i want to be different i want to modernize and a lot of dudes that i used to rap with they don't do that man and they sound prehistoric and i try to tell them i'm like you guys the way you're rapping now is like us in the 2000s listening to rap from the 1980s. I'm just saying that the times change and music changes and evolves and I like to experiment and do different things. And I said that I have love for other genres. So I like to actually show that and rap over rock beats, rap over hyper pop Definitely, beats, you know, yeah. and do different things like that. So I might do a punk one too. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, I'm going to talk to you about original, which is uh, your... Biggest song until recently, I guess, Oxygen caught up, huh? Um, yeah. One time you said that it was a marketing trick. Was it? And what exactly was the trick with original? It, it wasn't a marketing trick. It was a marketing strategy. Strategy, and that's the word. I'm sorry. Yeah. Because trick is like, oh, I'm tricky. I don't like that word. It's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. didn't trick anyone. I just, I, I made a project that was very different in the hip hop world that sounded different, that had this like, loud in your face catchy chorus where i twisted the words and people didn't know what to think of it and then in the music video i dressed up in various costumes and danced around and had crazy facial expressions so in the world of the internet in the world of music uh if you don't get attention it's very hard to get an audience so it was a marketing strategy i also liked the song i thought it was catchy to be honest and uh i put it out there and it did get attention it got a lot more negative attention than I thought it would, but I fully understood that it would get negative attention and that that would help to promote the song, which it did. Yeah, absolutely did. And um, from that to another very popular song of yours, at least a million, 
the at least a million mission, the uh, the quote unquote documentary series, I guess, um, is the mission still on? And um, looking back, do you um, do you still stand behind your choice of releasing these videos? You know, very bold move. You released, I think, like seven or eight of them at once, right? Yeah, I don't regret that. Yeah, I I still believe that the at least a million mission is is possible and for people that are just tuning in and have no idea who i am the at least a million mission is a series of youtube videos that i think i released in 2017 where i talked about the money that i owed because of the music industry and my decisions and i made a declaration that i would get one million monthly listeners on spotify and earn a million dollars in the music industry I still fully believe that that is possible. One song can change everything. You get one song caught up in the algorithm and you could get a million monthly listeners on Spotify in a week. So I am still strategizing toward that. I don't regret that. I, I, I was going through a hard time in my life. I was very vulnerable. I made a lot of mistakes, but I was trying. I was trying. That's more than a lot of people can say, right? They don't even try. So I put that up and... Um, one day I hope to look back at the first episode in a position where I have completed my mission and I absolutely don't regret it. Um, so is the mission still on? Is it more about the music or is it more about the financial difficulties you've been going through? Well, the financial difficulties are not nearly what they were because course, yeah. I got smarter and I learned so much, man, like for your audience. Okay. Uh, I, at one point I owed $250,000. Now I owe approximately 70,000. So I've gone in the right direction and people are probably like, Oh my God. Oh, they probably jump it out of their chairs when I say that, but you've been in my streams, man. And I've talked about, yeah, there are people out there who owe a hundred K for a student loan. There are yeah. people out there who owe 60 K for a truck. I owe 70K and I learned a lot. I built a YouTube channel that pays me every month. I have a 60 some song music catalog that pays me royalties in many different ways. I have an audience. Um, I built this brand, Uncle Adams, and I'm not a mega star, but I'm proud that people know me all over the world. And I took all that information and I got smarter, man. Like, and I want to educate other musicians on this. It's It's a big trap, right? Like one example would be, you pay a lawyer $300 an hour to revise a contract that might make you $200, right? You pay for beats, you pay for studio time. You, 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 you know, you could pay $1,000 for a beat and you could pay $500 for studio time. You're $1,500 into the track. You put it on Spotify and it generates you pennies. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I've done all that. I've learned all that and I got smarter about it. And now I like to share that information with the younger musicians that follow me. And it seems like they really appreciate it. Yeah. What's one advice you can share with anyone who's listening? A musician or what? Yeah. A musician, artist, whatever. Musician. Um, when you're doing something, look on the art, look at the ROI, look at the return on investment. If you're dropping a whole bunch of money on producing a song or an album, um, you have to think about, are you going to get that back? And maybe it's just a hobby for you and you're not. But don't get me wrong. You also have to build up. And there are times where you'll put in more than you get out. But now it seems like I'm at a point where I'm getting out more, which is really interesting. And at first, it seemed like I just spent money and spent money and spent money. And 
and nothing ever came back. But that's one thing that I would say to, to eager musicians is look at the return on investment. When you're doing a project, say you're doing a $5,000 music video, what's that actually going to do for you? Are you only going to get pennies back on that music video? Maybe you could make a $200 music video with your buddies and then run like $800 worth of ads and get way more exposure. Just little things like that. You know, that's something I never looked at. I never looked at return on investment. It was just like, let's do it. Let's do it. I was so gung-ho to do everything. You know what I mean? <laughs> do you still believe in labels? Uh, you mentioned that you were uh, in touch with a label or something for your next album, but currently looking at the current output and just the current musical climate, do you still think labels can coexist? Yeah, I, I think that labels are, they're a double-edged sword, man. Because Absolutely. With a label behind me, I believe that I would be over a million monthly listeners right now. However, I might only own 7% to 10% yeah. of my catalog because that's what happens, right? You, your music really becomes theirs. I don't know if people understand this or how much you talk about it, but say an artist has a huge song on the radio and it's generating 100 million streams. Chances are that artist only owns about 6% of the song and the label owns 94% of it. It really becomes their property. So it's, it still can be really good though. Like I can see pros and cons on both sides, but I would like to do like maybe a single deal with the label where it's like, hey, we have this song and you own most of it and we push it out there, but I still own the rest of my catalog. So I'm not like anti-label, but there's also kids that are 14 years old making songs on their computers and they blow up, right? So you're yeah. right, it is a very different climate. Yeah. And um, we've been mentioning these live streams through our conversation. Um, so you've been doing these live streams to interact with fans for about a few years now. Uh, what brought you to experiment with us in the first place? And you've been doing it way, way more recently. And I've noticed you've gotten much more fluent with how you interact with people on there. Uh, I was there for your first or your second stream on YouTube. And looking back, I can see that you're communicating in a, in a way you feel much more comfortable talking to people on YouTube. Yeah. And I guess given what you were going through, you know, four years ago, um, and I guess after friends over enemies, uh, you kind of clearly opened up, you know, um, could you talk about that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the first couple of times I did live streams, I was pretty nervous and didn't know what to think because you're in front of a bunch of strangers on the internet. And at the time I was dealing with a lot of online hate and stuff because of people, you know, interpreting original the wrong way and stuff like that. And um, it's kind of hard to turn on a camera and know that there's a bunch of people there judging you and hating on you and stuff like that. But that tide has definitely turned to a really positive one. And I really enjoy interacting with people. And I guess it's just like anything, man, like the more you do it, the more comfortable you get with it. And there are a lot of people that tune in on the streams that are there all the time. And we have, you know, a positive environment and stuff like that. And you're right, though, it definitely has changed. And I've become more comfortable with it. I think there's a lot of people out there like they don't even they wouldn't even go on a camera. They they don't like it. They wouldn't even do a Facebook yeah. live in front of it two takes, people. It takes you know courage what I'm saying? to be so, comfortable yeah. with it. Yeah, it does. And uh, I'm at the point now where man, like, I just I just be myself and say what I want to say. And I learned that it's like there's no pressure. Just that's what you should do because they're watching you and they want to hear what you say. So don't feel like there's some kind of pressure to act a certain way or say a certain thing. You just say whatever you feel. Because yeah. that's why the audience is there. Very true. 
another thing I really wanted to ask you about the 90s music video, and um, this is a bit random, but the 90s music video has a bit of everything in it, but yeah. a lack of anime outside of, I guess, Pokemon. Uh, is Uncle Adam's into anime, and do you have a favorite anime by any chance? <laughs> I'm not, like, super into it, but I think it's I think it's cool. Like, I don't collect posters and have them on the wall and stuff but I, I definitely can appreciate it as an art form yeah do you have and, a favorite uh, anime oh, what's the name of her what's the name of her she's in street fighter uh chun li yeah i see her on twitter all the time so i'd have to say her <laughs> okay chun li's your favorite anime nice <laughs> yeah definitely a classic um and do you have a favorite member of the wu-tang clan method Method Man, interesting choice. Okay, nice. Yeah, I I got to be honest with you, man. Like, I don't know a lot about Wu Tang Clan. Okay, I don't. I'm weird that way. Like, some things I really know a lot about, and then other times people will bring up things in sort of hip hop history, and I'm clueless. Um, I guess it just depends on when you started listening to rap and hip hop and stuff, and who you got into. And we didn't listen to a lot of Wu Tang. Okay. You know, yeah. I know it's kind of different, but it's true. Yeah, maybe it depends on, you know, your upbringing and everything, you know, I mean, I'm Turkish oh, for sure. and, and where I was growing up, we weren't blasting Wu-Tang like that either. We were just bumping more local acts, you know? Oh, yeah, so that's I cool, man. That. Yeah, I remember I remember being in a car back in high school, blasting around and they would blast like NWA, Easy yeah. e and like hardcore stuff, man. So nice. Yeah, I can appreciate it. Very cool. So you've shot a lot of music videos. Uh, probably almost like 20 music videos i'm just thinking about them and um which one have you had the most fun shooting oh man we have fun on every shoot to be honest and do you like, have any that that never got released uh no okay no i don't i don't have any that were not released but for your audience i like to fill everyone in because i know you you know a lot about me and i appreciate that man but uh, your your audience might not so my videographer is my friend so we still do it like a business. I pay him uh, to film me and he's very good at what he does. So when we go out and we film a video, it's like two friends being creative. Uh, he films, he offers ideas. I say, let's do this. Okay, I have a script. We go to these different locations and we just have fun, man. Like <laughs> in between scenes, there's a lot of laughing, a lot of creative energy flows. And then we usually go to like Boston pizza with us, which is a restaurant here in Canada. So nice. if I had to narrow one down, man, that, that's a tough one, dude. Cause it's like, oh, like peaks and valleys we filmed in the middle of a thunderstorm. So that was more like a pathetic fallacy, more of a, you know, the weather was relating to how I was feeling and it wasn't the most comfortable out there. <laughs> if I'm you've sure. ever seen my vid music video problems that was filmed in like minus 40 degrees, winter weather so that wouldn't have been one of the funnest to be honest man original was was definitely up there original was so fun just look at the fun i'm having in it i'm bouncing yeah. around doing flips jumping off of couches so that was definitely. fun at least a million was fun too and there is a behind the scenes of that too so those those are two that off of the top of my head um were really fun to film but like i say man it's me and my friends and we have fun with every shoot yeah, definitely. Shouts out to Merlando. <laughs> yeah, hopefully he listens to this. Yeah. Um, and um, you have a lot of songs, you said over 60. And um, 
it appears that you cheap a lot in the vault and maybe return to them over time or anything like that. It just do you have any songs that take very long that have taken very long to write and finish like over the years? I'm trying to think if that's happened. Typically that does not happen. Okay. Because if it's too forced like that, in my opinion, it's not a, a good sign. Like all of my most popular songs have been written in a day or two, maybe a week at the most, because it's flowing. The creativity is flowing. You want to write the next bar. You want to keep on going. Songs where you get really stuck and you're like, ah, you keep coming back to it and you can't finish it. To me, that's not a good sign. And then I usually toss that aside and I'm like, okay, there's a pile of like 20 of those now. And then I delete them. Honestly, oh, wow. I've done that. Like there's a lot of verses that I've written that I will never see again. And many people will never see again because I couldn't get past the first verse. I wasn't feeling it. You know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta feel it and you shouldn't have to force creativity too much. Creativity should flow. Okay. Um, what do you look for in, in the beats that you choose? <laughs> Originality. <laughs> no, no pun intended. I really oh, do. Oh, wow. Okay. I'll and see you. a good rhythm. You okay. know, a good rhythm. And then sometimes I like, I like like horns. It's like, whoa, horns. You've probably heard that in my music, yeah. right? Horns, strings, things that are like right in your face. And yeah. then those hooks that really pop. Yeah. Um, I like that because I feel like it gets the attention of the listener. And that's always kind of been my style. If you've listened to my music, it's quite in your face and not in a bad way it's just right when it comes on it's like whoa what is this this is different this is interesting and it, it kind of pops if that makes sense so i do look for instruments and stuff that do that and then it, it depends to the mood i'm in right sometimes i might just want like a rolling piano or something soft like i am stronger and it speaks to me and then i can sit there and write what i want to write yeah so you've gone from i guess hardcore hip-hop to to positivity, to anti-bullying, to being insistent, to making it with um, at least a million, to now hyper hip-hop. What is Uncle Adam's aiming for with his music in 2022? Oh, that's a good question, man. I, I have an album called Overdue, ironically, yep. which I said I was going to release this year. And it sits on my desktop. And I think about, oh, should I just put it out? Oh, should I wait? Oh, should I put it out as singles? And I think that I still will put it out this year, okay. but I'm still working out the process on that. Um, I do have music in the vault and I might just release it as a, a bunch more singles. I might release it as an album. But one thing you can guarantee is that I will keep creating and keep putting out content for my audience because Absolutely. I like to do it. I like to do it. I like it to do it for them. They enjoy it, but it, I like to do it for me too. a creative mm -hmm. outlet to speak your mind and get your emotions out and stuff like that. So yeah. more will be coming. That's for sure. That's cool. So like, yeah, you shared the track list for overdue. Um, is that still the current final track list? I actually added some tracks yeah. to it. I don't have it up in front of me right now. A, a track list to me is like a, it's a work in progress, man. Because sometimes you take away, you add, and it's still kind of in that phase. 
but most of that I, I I would say is is accurate. By the way, what do you you said you're a musician? What do you play or sing or what? Yeah, I play uh I play a lot of different things, but um, when we play live, I play guitar and sing. It's a solo oh, cool. project, there... but when we perform, it's uh it's a band essentially. Can I check you out on YouTube? Of course, yeah. Just what's uh, the name of the band? Just look at my full name, Onot Ono, and you'll find it. I've got just a few more questions left here um is there anything you'd like to do over if given the chance maybe any older songs or topics you'd like to do over again and possibly better i don't know about that but i wouldn't put sixty thousand dollars into a radio campaign that's one <laughs> I, I don't know your audience probably doesn't know that but i did that wow and uh i'm gonna tell you right now people listening when you hear a song on the radio Somebody paid for that song to be played. Why do you think they play the same songs over and over again? Why do you think they play the major label songs? Because one hand feeds the other, whatever that expression is. And I actually got connected with two dudes who did radio campaigns for Pitbull. Oh, wow. And they told me his story and, you know, what they did. And we got to talking and it was like, oh, we should do that with, with one of my songs. We should do that with at least a million. So I spent $60,000 getting at least a million my song played on radio stations all over the U.S. Wow. But their argument was that it wasn't quite enough money and typically you need $200,000. So I ended up spending a ridiculous amount of money and getting almost nothing out of it. So, but I didn't think that, right? I thought that it would catch on. On the flip side, it could have caught on. It could have got on the top 40 and it could have generated millions of dollars right i'm bold like that i take chances like that but uh, there were other elements too hurricanes were hitting florida at the time and a lot of our stations were in, in uh, florida so that is a regret that i have because out of all the mistakes i made financially that was probably the biggest i mean think of it man sixty thousand dollars that was a massive setback so yeah if i could go back i wouldn't do that i put that money into facebook ads and you would get crazy traction crazy yeah, I mean, that's how original blew up originally, right? That's right. So look at that. So originally, 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 original blew up originally. Yeah, that was clever, man. Yeah. It's funny because when I first that released that song, it didn't get too much traction. It did, but, you know, it's just a video on YouTube. So there's not really people talking about it. Yeah, I think it blew then up like the I, next year or something, right? I, I try to remember. I know it was sometime after. It might have been six months later. I'm, I know Needle Drop reviewed it like a year later, but uh, which is interesting, right? You can release a song and then a year later it becomes yeah. this big hot topic of discussion. But I put about $1,000 into ads for that. Like I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go hard on this. I'm going to put it online and I'm, I'm going to do <laughs> Facebook ads $100 a day. And I did that for 10 days. And that, that spread it like crazy and made it the foundation of what it is today. So compare wow. that 1,000 on social media ads compared to the 60 racks that I put in radio, right? Insane. You've released three albums so far. Looking back on these three albums, I've never, I've never seen you answer this question before. Uh, what do you think of each album looking back? I listen to them and I'm like, ugh. So, I almost Ooh. cringe sometimes. Oh, at, no. at, well, yeah, because we do that, man. We're artists. We're of hard course, on ourselves yeah. sometimes. Like, And I'm like, ooh, why did I use that flow? It's so like 
high pitched and, but that's how I was feeling at the time. I was like super positive, you know? So I try to respect that and remember that. Hey man, you were going so for the wrong thing. The unk voice. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly, man. So, but then there's other songs where I'm like, oh man, this is slept on. How come this didn't blow up? Like, like my song, Lonely Soul, you know, and stuff like yeah. that. So, uh, you know, I'm not the only one to say stuff like this. Like I've heard Dr. Dre say that he doesn't even listen to his old albums and stuff like for various reasons, like either he doesn't like it. It brings up painful memories of the past, things like that. So it is pretty common, but to answer your question, um, I, I can respect the creativity in all of them. And my favorite would have to be planting seeds because I feel like after doing two albums, the third one's going to be better because you, it's not always like that, but that's what I feel like happened with me. I feel like I got better and planting seeds was better than the other two humble beginnings and pulse. Yeah. All right. Well, Thanks for coming, Unc. I just have one last question for you. Um, yeah. So, um, and this is kind of a sensitive subject, possibly, but on on the At Least a Million mission videos, um, you had that one episode where you uh, well, went back at the needle drop, essentially, and you also mentioned this uh, this group on Facebook uh, that was were cyberbullying you during this era. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, this group that you mentioned, um, have you still been in touch with them or anything of that nature? No, I, I pay zero attention to that kind of stuff, man. Have you been, um, how, have you, how have we dealt with that situation looking back on it? Uh, looking back on it, um, the, the less I pay any attention to that kind of thing, the better. And okay. the more I just be myself and do my own thing, the better. But, um, as far as the the retaliation against needle and stuff i mean it's all in the video series but i was i was being criticized and attacked from every angle and that happens to big stars all the time but it's hard to deal with when it's like your first song that's really blowing up and going worldwide so i definitely had some like emotions and anger and stuff that i let out in the video series um yeah, it is what it is. It, it's just raw. And that's how it was at the time. And things are way more positive and better now. And as far as that online group, I mean, I could, I could care less. I pay no attention to it. And it, it's just one of those weird things on the internet where people band together and do what they're going to do. Um, at some point, some behavior like that can become illegal. But that's really not for me to decide. Yeah. I understand. All right, Unc, uh, thanks for taking time out of your day, man. Uh, those are all my questions, and uh, thanks for talking to me. No problem, man. Nice meeting you. Take care of yourself, buddy. I'm going to check you out on YouTube.
smother me just to put me out of my constant misery. This is too much for me to bear. You'd know this too if you ever had been there. I hope you sweet dreams and I hope you will never leave me I hope you have sweet dreams and I hope you will never leave me I hope you never leave me shadows of just me upon the walls my time wasted in endless regret while you sleep away your troubles and forget I hope you have sweet dreams and I hope you will never leave
Of mine cry mm-hmm. 